I think the words of our gospel today are very sobering words. They make a lot of us a little bit nervous, I suspect. Make me nervous, I admit. The idea of wars and insurrections, plagues and famines is not happy thought. It's not the sort of thing we want to think about. What our Lord is not trying to get us to do is to turn our minds away from these things. To say, well, they'll happen when they happen. He's also wanting us to think about them in the proper way, with the proper attitude, the proper focus. When our Lord begins this little moment in the gospel, he says, see this, this temple It's all built of costly things, stones that were hewn to be just the right shape to fit perfectly together. It's a masterpiece. The temple in Jerusalem was one of the seven great wonders of the ancient world. It was an incredible building. And it had been being built for so long, uh, they were very proud of it. And he says it's going to be thrown down and not a stone will be left upon another stone. This had to have shocked his listeners. Even to think of that. Even to think of such a catastrophe. And in fact, this prophecy was fulfilled less than, well, about 40 years after he gave this prophecy. Even less than 40 years. Uh, When the Romans said, we've had it. In the year 70, the insurrections, the rebellions against Rome... Uh, different leaders standing up and saying, I am the Messiah, I'm going to lead the way. Um, Follow me, this is the time. It's now to throw off our oppressors, to take back what belongs to us, our land, our people, our nation. And the Romans said, forget it. We've tried to be nice. And the horrors that were enacted in Jerusalem on Pentecost Sunday of the year 70 are beyond description. Um, I'm not going to try to describe them now, but to some kind of give an impression of what happened. The Romans surrounded Jerusalem when all the people of Jerusalem had gathered for the celebration of Pentecost, and they didn't let anybody out. Uh, It was awful. And part of this massacre, this catastrophe that the Romans enacted upon Jerusalem was that they destroyed the temple and they removed every stone. They didn't just knock it down, set it on fire. They literally dug out the foundations of the temple so that it couldn't be rebuilt on the same location. So this was a fulfillment of our Lord's words. But what our Lord is actually warning us about and preparing us for is something worse than that. Something which is to come at the end of time when what the church teaches us is, is that at the end of time, we're basically going to see the face off between the powers of the world and the church, between the secular world, the world that says there is no God, there need be no God, man is God, and the city of God, 
and those who are faithful to God. This is foreshadowed. This is prepared for by all the other things that come in history that, that give us a foreshadowing, all the martyrdoms, all of the, uh, all of the times when a tyrannical country has stepped up and has uh, oppressed the true believers of Christ. This is St. Margaret of York Parish. St. Margaret Clithrow lived in a time of persecution. And she courageously held the faith, even though it cost her life. She it gave her, led her to giving testimony. So, what is the response that we should have to this statement of our Lord? I tell you, there will be a time when these things will happen. What is the response of the people in the, in the gospel account? Lord, when is this going to happen? Tell us how we're going to know. Prepare us for it. When, when is this going to happen? And characteristically of our Lord, I think, he seems to ignore their question. Did you notice? They ask him, when will this happen? And he says, see that you not be deceived. He never gives them a straight answer to that question. And there's a reason for it. It's because they're asking the wrong question. They're saying, when is this going to happen? What if he had said, well, it's going to happen on August 15th of this day. The world is going to end. Lord, when is it going to happen? October 12th, 2027. What would we do? What we would do, I think we all know, we would say, well, by October 20, 2007, uh, 2027, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready so that when that happens... I'm going to know to the day, and then the day before, I'm going to go to confession, and I'm going to make myself in the, into the right state. I'm going to be ready to receive the Lord when he comes again. And our Lord says, that's not the point. The point is not that we are ready at the moment he comes. It's that we are living in readiness now. That we know not the day nor the hour. He has told this to us repeatedly. We know not the day nor the hour. He will come like a thief in the night. And that if we are living in ways we shouldn't be living, we have every reason to fear that day, to fear that moment when he comes, to fear the persecution that we don't have the strength to face, to fear this or that. But you see, if we're living every moment in readiness, in readiness to be martyred, in readiness to give the testimony what is testimony? Martyrdom. You know, the word martyr is a Greek word for a witness. A martyr is one who gives witness, and not just someone who gives witness, like I come before you and I, I bear witness to something, but a witness in court. A martyr, the, the term martyr originally, before it was completely transformed through the witness of the martyrs of Christianity, the word martyr simply meant someone who stands before the judge in the courtroom and gives witness. But because of the fact that the supreme witness was to bear witness to Christ before the kings and the rulers of the world, uh, are you a Christian? Yes. What does that mean? This is what it means. Will you give it up? No. 
that supreme witness is why the word martyr became synonymous in our minds with the giving of our life for Christ, the shedding of blood for the gospel. And what our Lord is telling us when he says it will lead to your giving testimony, he's telling us we need to be martyrs. We need to be martyrs. We need to be witnesses in this radical way, in this way that my life, your life, when we stand before our our brothers and sisters in our society around us, that they say that person is bearing witness to something by the way they live, by the way they speak, by the way they dress, by the way they behave, by the way they treat each other. That person is a Christian. And they either say, I hate Christians, or they say, I have to be one. But they can't say, well, nice that they believe in something. I don't happen to believe in anything, but I'm okay that way. You see, it has to be a witness. And what does that witness look like? It simply looks like living like it's real, living like it's true. This was what Mother Teresa said. People said, how do we bear witness? She said, live as if it's true. You see, we will be hated by all because of the name of Christ. We will bear witness for Christ in, in ways that we don't even know if we're, if we're trying to be friends with everyone, if we're trying to, to uh, win everybody over, not by giving them the truth and showing them the power that God is capable of working through a weak person somebody who, who doesn't have eloquence but can speak before the world and say, this is the truth and I will die for it. And that eloquence, that wisdom, is what we're all called to. The church speaks of two different martyrdoms, a white martyrdom and a red martyrdom. We will not all be called to red martyrdom, like St. Margaret Clitheroe. We won't all be called to that martyrdom, but we are all called to the white martyrdom to the pouring out of ourselves, even to being hated for the sake of the gospel, to a bloodless martyrdom, a martyrdom of people saying nasty and mean things about you because you act like it's true. People snubbing you or, or keeping you out of particular things because you live like it's the fact, like it's not just a good idea that I have come up with or I've come to, but... It's as real as that the sun exists. It's as real as the wind that's blowing into me. I can't see the wind, but I know it's real. My brothers and sisters, the church is preparing us, not just for the end of the liturgical season. Uh, next week is, is uh, Christ the King Sunday, and then, then we begin Advent. It's a new liturgical year. The church is not preparing us just for Christmas. The church is not just preparing us for life when you leave this church today. When having received the blessed sacrament into yourself, you go out those doors, or out those doors, or whichever doors you go out, and you go into some other area, and you bear witness to Christ. The church is preparing us so that if 
Today, we hear his voice. We harden not our hearts. If tomorrow he comes, I'm ready. And I'm not only ready in some, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm putting myself in some state of, of not being scratched like a brand new car. But that, that I'm ready in the sense that I'm living a constant witness. I'm living, a, if I'm called to stand before the kings of the world and pronounce my faith, so be it. I'm ready. If I'm not, if I'm never called to bear witness for the faith, I'm still teaching my children. I'm still teaching my parish. I'm still influencing those I work with. I say, you want to do this? No, I have to go to Mass. And I don't say, well, I just have to go somewhere. I have to go to Mass. I love the Rosary. I love Our Lady. I love the truths of the faith. We need a love in order to bear witness to something. So my brothers and sisters, a good question we can ask ourselves today as we come to the end of the liturgical year, as we ponder these final things, the justice of God, the, uh, the judgment of the world, if you were called before a judge and you were asked if you were Christian, and you were going to be tried for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Would there be enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian in the way you live, in the way you speak, in the way you dress, in the way you behave, in the way you carry on the daily activities of our life, in what you're looking forward to, in the courage and the joy with which you await the coming of the end of the world. Because the coming of the end of the world is of a just judge, not just a furious judge, but a judge who's just and will pay back each according to what they've done. To those who have done evil, punishment for sure. And to those who have done good, the reward that we expect, this is the teaching of Christ. My brothers and sisters, let us give testimony today and every day, knowing that through perseverance, through perseverance, daily perseverance in living the life, that is how we will preserve ourselves, secure our lives for eternal life with God forever.